Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. I'm so glad you've made time out of your day to join us on today's podcast of The Clark Howard Show. And today on uh, our Friday podcast, we do something different. And it's where I hear from you feedback where you feel I have not delivered for you. It's called Clark Stinks. And there's a place for you to post on Clark.com where you go to Clark.com slash Clark Stinks. And if you feel that I've given bad advice, bad opinion, bad information, been incomplete, um, need my head examined, whatever it is, you can post there. And then producers, uh, Krista and Joel, do we call people producers on podcasts? Sure. Whatever. Uh, Whatever. I'll answer to anything. Okay. Um, They go through your posts on Clark Stinks and share their favorites with you right here on the show. I should have never encouraged you to speak. You must think I'm pretty stupid. You should be ashamed of yourself. Well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're right, pal. All right, I'm going to begin with a humbling one for me. Dismiss or reassign Krista. She's either awkward or mean or just not on board. Her comment in your podcast, and the quote was, that's why I'm still working for you. Look no further for why than that statement. Awkward, mean, or just not on board. Listen to how that came across in the podcast. That's, you should have done this sooner. Man up. Nobody likes doing the difficult conversations, but that's how you maintain a decent product. And it's from C. But not me, C. Not Krista. I didn't write it about myself. And but. not C. Clark. Yeah. So I'll just say, I since this was about something I said to you, I hope I didn't offend anyone saying that. I went back and listened to it because I appreciate feedback, just like Clark has taught me to with Clark Stinks. And um, I didn't mean I'm just working for Clark to just to make money. <laughs> I meant that I need to learn from you every day, Clark. And that's why I love working with you. And uh, and I'm so grateful for this job. So dismiss me if you must. Um, <laughs> no, you're okay. You're good. All right, let's get to the next one, Clark. Uh, Please, Clark, I know the expression, bag your job, can be found on Google, but it sounds just so out of place. Why not? Why don't you just say quit your job like 99% of other people say? Save the bagging for groceries. On a positive note, I am happy that you don't say surf the web as much as you used to. Thomas. (laughs) Well, I never thought about that. That's not a common expression to say bag your job. I think that's a Clark expression. A Clark mostly, yeah. Okay, all right. Well, you see, I am wearing a grocery shirt today. Yeah, you took off your Whataburger sweatshirt, and now you have on your Lidl (laughs) T-shirt. And uh, I'm trying to remember. I don't remember who gave me the Lidl T-shirt. Neither of you did, did you? I did. Thanks for. No, I'm just kidding. I didn't. Huh. I love having it. Okay. 
Edward says, thanks for all your help these years. One thing that bothers me, though, speaking of stuff you wear, is your reasoning for wearing a Kirkland-branded shirt around town. Don't you think Costco has enough advertising in place to handle their business? After all, Costco is a multi-billion dollar multinational corporation. Enough of my brand is better than yours. I love Kirkland Signature. So here's the thing. Here's my obsession with Kirkland Signature. Costco, because everything they do is about their employees and the member, that Costco sets out with every item that wears the Kirkland Signature label to make something that is either identical, you know, made by the same company as makes the brand name, or superior to the brand name, but at a cheaper price in either case. And I think they have been so uh, forthright about that's what Kirkland Signature is about, that I am proud to wear a Kirkland Signature sweatshirt. I was so excited when I got it, which uh, means I need a life, don't I? I mean, here I am excited about my Whataburger sweatshirt, my Kirkland Signature sweatshirt, and my Lidl t-shirt i'm like a walking uh billboard aren't i my kids said that if i ever had my car wrapped with advertising for one of my favorite companies that they would never get in the car with me (laughs) i love how you'd always say too that someone would ask you what club do you belong to sam's club (laughs) that's my private club all right, this next one comes from Josh. He says, you're doing your audience a huge disservice by talking about Bitcoin or any cryptocurrency because you clearly don't understand the market and how it works. I understand it's not the same as the typical financial world in which you made your money, but your comments about Bitcoin on your January 14th podcast episode were not accurate. You should either educate yourself more on the topic or just stay out of making comments on it altogether. Thank you for your post on it. And any time all through the years since Bitcoin went into existence, I have upset the uh, Bitcoin enthusiasts. And the reason that you hear me talk with such negativity about Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies is the idea of having ledger-based transactions is really a good idea. It reduces costs to move money around the world, and it's a more efficient way to do it. But the problem with where we are today with Bitcoin and its imitators is they have not proven to be a stable value substitute for money. The enormous movements up and down, hour by hour, day by day, uh, create a situation where you don't know what store of value you have in your possession. And you say, I don't understand the underlying uh, purpose behind Bitcoin or cryptocurrency. Please post again and give a more thorough explanation why you feel what you feel I don't understand about it. And maybe there is an angle that I've missed. Krista? Couple about this, Clark. It says, Clark, please say our new vice president's first name correctly. It's pronounced Kamala, not Kamala. Thank you for everything you do. Uh, Why don't I just say vice president Harris? That works. Because you know, I mean, it's been a joke all through the years how bad I am at pronunciations and how bad I am at using proper grammar. 
And it's, you know, I grew up in a state that at the time was very poor and education levels were not the best. And Please, you have a good education. What are you talking about? <laughs> Joel. All right. In your last Clark Stinks, you said that the moment you got that second COVID shot, you'd be back out in the stores. No, no, no. It takes a while for full immunity to develop after the second vaccination, perhaps four weeks. So check with medical professionals to find out exactly when it's safe to venture out. Also, don't forget that you'll still need to wear a mask, social distance as much as possible, and wash your hands. Even though you're probably immune to serious COVID illness, it's possible that you could still carry enough virus to pass it on to other people. Rick. Rick, thank you. And Rick, you are right that I don't have my Superman cape on the day I have my second vaccine, that it's a minimum 14 days to have uh, significant effectiveness in place from the second vaccine and I just uh, got ahead of myself with my enthusiasm about being vaccinated and I do understand that in order to protect others since we don't know yet if people who've had two vaccines will still be able to pass the virus on to others um, I will do exactly what you said. I will wear a mask. I will wear my shield. I, you should see me. I wear them in combination. And uh, it's really weird when I'm out and about. I don't even speak and people still recognize me even though I have this mask and shield on. So I must have a certain way I walk and uh, like a whole thing that, uh, that people can still spot me even with all the protective gear on and keeping the distance from people I will continue to do so after I receive the second vaccine and I was going to two weeks out from the second vaccine I was going to go visit our daughter in California and then when I was at the final page to book the Southwest ticket it said uh, there were special rules in place in California And I clicked on them, and when you land, you have to go into quarantine for 10 days. So I was only going to go for three. I would have been minus seven on being able to see her. So I did not proceed to check out and buy the ticket. Clark, I love listening to you, but I wish I could listen to your podcast on my favorite platform, Pandora. Is this something you'll be adding in the future? And that's from Brandy. So, uh, first of all, how's that a Clark Stinks? Well, it's just, I guess it's maybe a question too, but I'll say this. I read this, I contacted our podcast provider, and that should be up and running very soon. Now, see, that service, that is real service. So, we're going to have Pandora before you know it. Joel? All right, Clark, this one starts out, I am longing for the past. Obviously, I have no issue with the discontinuation of your radio program. I loved it, but that's your decision. And the podcast has consistently been great. And since it's free of charge, how could I complain? Well, I politely complain here. 20-minute podcast lengths, in my opinion, are way too short. What can you really tackle in that length of time? Two topics and one caller or question. I find the new format length very unfortunate. I feel like I blink and then you're done. Please reconsider, at the minimum, a half-hour podcast. Your past radio shows were truncated to around the 30-minute mark for your podcast listeners. You wouldn't want to deprive them of 10 more minutes of your eloquent voice daily, would you? Greg. Well, thank you for that. Our typical podcast has been about 20, 
four minutes, I think. Is that about right? Yeah, I'd say right in that right in that uh, area. And so it's possible occasionally there would be one that tends more towards 20. Others will be closer to 30 um, as to the shorter length. A lot of people who listen to podcasts like them of a length around 20 to 25 minutes. And so we're trying to hit the where people really want this content to be. But for people who were longtime loyalist radio listeners who were used to a format that was it was actually 33 minutes long uh, you miss that and I really am sorry that we're not giving you as many minutes as you had been used to so I hope that we pack as much punch as we can in 24 minutes that you will still feel satisfied with that content. The best is when you always want more and you tune into the next day's podcast. And by the way, when you want more information, you want a more deep dive on stuff we've talked about on the podcast, go to Clark.com and for deals, check out ClarkDeals.com. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate Cubist versions of your family's holiday photos, but it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia, identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks, and automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval. Terms apply. As we continue today's podcast, I want to tell you, if you just kind of landed here, it's easy to subscribe. If you go to Clark.com slash podcast, you'll see what's up. And I really appreciate all the nice reviews that we've been getting on our 2021 edition of the podcast. Now, speaking of 21, I want to tell you about something that is giving you a potential opportunity to go into bonus time. There's something that many employers offer, not all, it's their choice if they do, but it's a great employee benefit in certain situations, and that's called FSAs, flexible spending accounts. There are FSAs for dependent care, and there are FSAs for medical bills, unreimbursed medical costs. And what these allow you to do is pay for child care and certain child-centered activities up to uh, child turning 14. And then if you're taking care of an aging parent, some of the care for them could be covered under dependent care, although usually it's for kids. And then the medical, you know, with higher and higher deductibles, we have more and more unreimbursed out-of-pocket. So FSA money allows you to pay for those expenses pre-tax, pre-tax, which is huge because a dollar that you have is a dollar that stays with you to pay for these expenses, either dependent care or medical. 
So here's the problem. In, uh, the money has to be used or it defaults to your employer if it's not used in the year that the money was designated for. Was uh, various acts involving coronavirus relief earlier, um, about the late spring of, of 20, Congress made an unusual exception that allowed people to terminate their FSA deposits right in the middle of the year. And as I recall, that's never happened before. And then in the most recent Coronavirus Act that passed just before the new year, employers now at their option can eliminate, use it, or lose it, allowing money for 20 to be used in 21. But it's up to your employer and many may not even know that they have this ability to do this, so you could politely ask your employer and let them know they have this ability to change the rules and allow carryover of that unused money from 20 in 21. So we got to hope that employers overwhelmingly will, will do this and not just look at it as an opportunity of unjust enrichment for the employer, by pocketing these funds that they deducted from employee paychecks. So uh, this is a pretty simple thing for an employer to do. And immediately, whatever it is, if you've got money left over in either of those 2020 FSAs, contact whatever it is, human resources, chief people, people, or whatever they call it, wherever you work and lobby for find out if they are going to do this and allow you to use the money this year because what happened in 20 is a lot of people uh ended up with their kids at home because child care facilities may have closed or whatever and so you had no money going to paying those eligible expenses a medical a lot of people went on strike about going to the doctor and money they would have spent for medical care never was spent, so there were not things to be reimbursed. There are a number of reasons why the right thing for employers to do is to allow that money to be a full carry forward through 21. Krista, is it your turn to ask me a question? Sure. Clark, I've been listening to you for years, and I'm surprised that rarely, if ever, do you talk about influential books in your life. Will you, with you being a multiple-time author, I was curious to hear what your most gifted, recommended book on personal finance would be, excluding your own. And this is from Richard. So, Richard, this is going to be a stunner on personal finance. I don't recommend specific books because the marketplace has changed so much. I believe that the best information comes from a variety of financial websites and as well as podcasts that they're so specialized now. But in terms of a general one, I mentioned this recently, I love HumbleDollar.com and its guides that do a very good job digging in with basic information in different areas of personal finance and then the continual 
columns that are posted there. It's a nonprofit website that lives off donations from its readers, and it's there just to teach. And so I really, really like that. There are probably hundreds of financial podcasts, and I'm going to defer to Joel for a second. Joel has his own financial podcast, and there are many others that, I don't know if you call them competitors or colleagues, Joel, hit me with some of your favorite podcasts that you see. Oh, well, they're definitely colleagues. There's so many people out there that it really, it, it comes down to having just a, a different voice, a, diff, a different way that you want to get information out into the world, but there are some great ones out there. And, and Clark, you know, I think recently on the show, we mentioned our friend Paula Pants podcast, Afford Anything. She's great. Um, there's a couple guys you had on the show a while back who ha- host a podcast called Choose FI. And it's um, particularly for people who are excited about achieving financial independence early. There are, uh, if you, you know, give a few a try and, and look around in the personal finance genre. Um, obviously, still one of the best ones out there is this one, though. And, uh, but what about yours? What's yours called? Mine's called How to Money, and I put it out with my best buddy. And, um, you know, we're just both kind of personal finance nerds. <laughs> obviously, working with you for 14 years has turned me into that. <laughs> and so, um, when you get that far down the rabbit hole, you kind of want to help other people figure things out, too. Um, and so, yeah, we get to, to, we do it three times a week, um, put, out, put out some content, and we have a good time doing it. I also love, for people that are investment-oriented, specifically the Motley Fool, the Garner Brothers, do a great job with their continuous postings. Uh, they are really, really nice, bright guys. But there are many, many, many sources of financial information. Um, I am not a big book reader. I've been through before when people have asked me the uh, publications I read every day and every week and every month. And uh, gosh, you just must wonder if you ever have heard me relate all the stuff I read, why my wife would ever want to be with me because I'm the dullest human being ever alive. In terms of uh, books that I am have always been into reading. They are ones about overcoming adversity. Uh, people who who have faced uh, dark times in society or in their lives, and how they overcome that. I have read a lot of uh, spiritual and religious books as well, but in terms of general reading, it's not books for me. It's all up-to-the-minute publications. And every Saturday, I'm so excited when Barron's drops, and I can read that week's Barron's magazine. So if I could be any more dull than that being an excitement for me every week, I don't think I could be. (laughs) Y'all are both laughing. (laughs) I mean, I, I think we, we love your nerdiness. It's, um, it's endearing. It. It's endearing. <laughs> All right, let's get to the next question, Clark. This one comes from Michael in Colorado. He says, what remedies are available to Petco customers when they learn of Petco's new nonsensical, quote unquote, easy return policy? Simply put, they will not return items purchased from a store because of COVID. This non-return policy was not disclosed in the store at the time of purchase even though it was apparently in place. To the contrary, the sales associate helping me with purchasing items for a new pet reptile for my son made it seem easy to return items that didn't work out. But if you go on their website, 
that's not true. What can we do about it? So, uh, gosh, you're not the only person who's been upset about Petco's policy, which um, says easy returns, Petco. And then you go read in the policy after it says that due to COVID-19 and to help ensure Petco remains a safe place for our guests and store partners, in-store returns are temporarily unavailable. We will honor the original return period once returns are accepted again. So you don't have the ability right now to return items to Petco till they decide that it's safe again although you are allowed if it's an expensive enough item and it's worth it to you at your own cost you can pay to ship an item back that they then say they will give you a refund but i'd say that is way far from what they tout easy returns free returns to store our policy is simple if you're not 100 percent satisfied with your purchase you can return it to any of our petco stores or to one of our warehouses but right now they don't mean it so disappointing i hope you've not been disappointed by today's podcast i hope you have loved it have a wonderful rest of your day and we'll be serving you with our next podcast